0: Hello, this is Pierce, and I'm here to tell you that Dracula sucks. Tonight, I'm talking about the audio drama Big Finish Classics, Dracula, adapted by Jonathan Barnes from the novel by Bram Stoker. Big Finish is a British company devoted to making audio dramas. I first heard about them because they put out a line of Doctor Who related stuff. They probably still put them out, actually. If you're... I'm familiar with Doctor Who. It's a British TV serial that ran from 1963 to 1987 with a science fiction theme about an alien who periodically regenerates into new bodies so he can be played by, or he or she now, can be played by new actors. It was a hugely popular British show, ran for, yeah, 1963 to 1988, I believe, 25 years, maybe 89, and then was cancelled. But it retained an enormous fan base, and so there were novels and comic books and audio dramas made to fill in the gap until the show is finally revived in the 2000s in which guys is still running currently with Jodie Whittaker playing the Doctor anyway so this is uh, Dracula by way of the Doctor Who people in more ways than one. The thing that actually drew me to this is that Count Dracula himself is played by the British comedian Mark Gatiss. I say comedian he's dabbled in quite a few more things than comedy at this point but I think he first came to prominence as a member of the comedy troupe The League of Gentlemen, a grotesque and very blackly funny group, put out a a couple of series of a TV show, a live show, and eventually a pretty poor movie. But since that time, he's gone on to make a name for himself in a number of different things, not least of which is horror. He's a huge horror fan, a bit of a horror historian. He's made a couple of documentaries about horror of cinema and a specific one on Euro horror. And he's a big fan of Dracula. In fact, I believe it was before this Big Finish production that he adapted and directed The Unquenchable Thirst of Dracula, which had started as a screenplay written in 1970 for the Hammer Horror series of Dracula movies starring Christopher Lee. This was written by Anthony Hines and was going to be a follow-up to the entry Scars of Dracula, which had been until that time the worst of the Hammer Dracula films. It's a pretty interesting uh, little story set in India. You can find it online and if you want to listen to it, go right ahead and listen to it because I'm going to talk about it on a future episode once I get into talking about the Hammer series. But today, it's Big Finish Dracula. So, Gatus plays Dracula. The cast also has another Doctor Who connection through Katie Manning as Sister Agatha. Katie Manning had played Joe Grant, one of the Doctor's companions, in the early 1970s when John Pertwee played the Doctor, the third Doctor. So this is a condensed adaptation of Dracula. It's not an audiobook per se. It's It's got a full cast. Each of the main characters has a different actor playing them it kind of follows the novel's format of being an epistolary story in that it has readings from journals and letters and the like but it also has scripted scenes between the characters and a couple of sequences that can't actually be justified as being part of anybody's journal because quite honestly there's nobody left alive to witness them the first half of the story i wasn't a huge fan of It's well acted and has good production values, but it's a pretty faithful adaptation of the story with a couple of additions that I thought were just a bit silly. The main problem I had was the beefing up of the part of Dracula. I can see why you'd want to do this. Dracula doesn't appear a lot on screen after the first segment where Jonathan Harker is in Castle Dracula. As is the title character, there's going to be a temptation to give him more time, give him more dialogue, have him state his case, etc., That kind of goes against what the book is doing, which is establishing Dracula as a mover behind the scenes. He's very seldom seen in the last two-thirds of the book. He is pulling the strings, he is driving the action, he is the unseen force behind everything. So bringing him back on kind of gratuitously lessens the impact of that quite a bit, in my opinion. So I'll just briefly run through the story as presented in this adaptation. So Jonathan Harker travels to Transylvania in order to meet with Count Dracula and transfer to him the deed to the estate he has bought in England, Carfax. Dracula initially receives Harker with good manners and is a welcome guest, but the longer he stays, the more clear it is that he's not expected to leave Castle Dracula alive. And after confronting Dracula's three brides and having some run-ins with Dracula himself, Harker finds himself abandoned there apparently to die. Although as it turns out, he manages to escape and make his way as far as a town where he's put in a sanitarium. Delirious and badly in need of medical attention, but alive. Dracula then boards the Demeter, a Russian ship travelling to England he is not on board as a passenger he is in a box of earth that he sleeps in during the day and during the evening slips out onto the boat to drain the blood of the crew one by one, so that when they finally arrive in England, only the captain is still alive, and he in fact dies right at the end of the voyage, having lashed himself to the wheel. This is one of the best parts of the book. It's told in first person by the captain himself through his journal, which is found on him when the boat breaks ashore in a mighty shipwreck, which Dracula escapes from in the form of a dog. Is yes he's a shapeshifter however in this version it portrays the voyage of the Demeter well enough but right at the end of it they just can't resist having Dracula walk on stage and confront the captain and make a little villain speech, which Gatus performs well enough, but it's, it's a bit corny. It's a bit of a James Bond villain speech where he outlines what he's planning to do and then kills the captain who screams in terror and dies, and it's a bit cheese. And unfortunately, almost immediately, it does the same thing again. There's a character called Mr. Swales who lives in Whitby where the boat is shipwrecked, where Mina and Lucy, Jonathan's fiancé and her best friend, you also happen to be. They meet Mr. Swales and he tells them some stories. In the morning after the shipwreck, Count Dracula comes and finds him and has a little conversation with him and then drains his blood and kills him. Again, it's a villain speech and it's a little corny and it's completely unnecessary. The other big addition to the first half is a major beefing up of the baby eating scene, which I'm sure fans of the book remember well because there's not many books of this period that feature three women eating a baby. It's made extremely. Vivid and they give Dracula a new line of dialogue that almost works, doesn't quite, again, it turns up the corniness of it all and makes it all a bit too over the top for my liking. Feast well, my dears. Eat this in memory of me. <laughs> no! No! Please! Please! Oh, let me not be going back! By the time I got to the end of the first half, I was a bit down on this adaptation. However, in the second half, it picked up for me considerably. First of all, it doesn't really continue to keep bringing Dracula on screen, which is good. It beefs up the character of Mina somewhat which I found refreshing as in the novel she's presented as a new woman which was I guess the closest you got to a feminist in the Victorian age. She's very forthright and keen to be part of the action and the audio adaptation brings her on stage a bit more frequently and has her push herself to the front and demand to be part of things and this makes the part where Van Helsing decides to exclude her from the action that much more of a betrayal. The other thing I like about it is what it does with the character of Jonathan Harker when he re-emerges into the story. In the book he's somewhat damaged, his hair has gone white and he's in a weakened state but he's able to basically rejoin the hunt. However in this version, although the term is obviously not used because it's set in Victorian times Jonathan is clearly a victim of PTSD from the terrible things that have happened to him at Dracula's castle. And because the audio production is made now and not in Victorian times it's able to be a bit more explicit in terms of the effects of this. Specifically once Jonathan and Mina are reunited she's pretty keen to seduce him and he is unwilling unable or both to perform because of the things he's experienced because of received trauma yeah he's a a failure in the marital bed for the start of their marriage, basically, which is both a realistic portrayal of what he's been through and kind of is interesting in terms of pushing Mina potentially towards Dracula somewhat when he comes and Oh, he doesn't really seduce her, does he? It's rather more grim than that. Anyway, so these are the main additions that are given to the story. And like I say, in the first half, I'm not really down with them. In the second half, I think they're a marked improvement to the story. So maybe a bit more time spent on rewrites could have polished all this out. But as it is, I'm, I'm satisfied with it. I think it justifies itself as an adaptation, not just as a condensation of the story, as so many of these things usually are. Part of the reason that I was so keen to listen to this, as I mentioned before, Mark Gatiss was the drawcard for me, is that Mark Gatiss and Stephen Moffat, a writer who's probably best known for his work with Gatiss on Sherlock, but who also did a, a pretty great update of another Victorian horror story, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, as the TV show Jekyll with James Nesbitt, which I heartily recommend you track down. Anyway, Gatus and Moffat, are currently producing a Dracula TV show for the BBC and Netflix, I believe. It doesn't have a release date yet. I'm not entirely sure what it's going to look like, if it's going to be a an adaptation, an updating, a sequel, or some kind of combination of these things. Sherlock pretty much takes this last approach, so we can probably expect something a bit like that. But I'm pretty excited about it. It's been a while since we had a really good version of Dracula. Certainly, Dracula Untold wasn't that. Nor was the Jonathan Rhys Mayer's TV series. Both of which I will talk about at some point in the future, but I'm not in a hurry to get to them. But yeah, so keep an eye out for Gatiss and Moffat's Dracula. In the meantime, by all means listen to this version. I wouldn't make it my first version of Dracula if you haven't read the book yet, but... It's pretty good. If you can find The Unquenchable Thirst of Dracula, and if you know how to use Google, you should be able to find it. It was originally on the BBC iPlayer. It's not currently on there, but you can find it if you try. I recommend having a listen to that, because pretty soon I'm going to get to Hammer Studios' Dracula films, and I'm going to do an episode just on that one. It's kind of an auxiliary, unfilmed Dracula. But in the meantime, good night.